Today is February 25th. We're two games into spring training. We got storylines coming through. We got things to talk about. Let's talk Yanks. Thank you, Dan Zlotnick, for that wonderful intro song. We don't shout him out enough. We gonna let that ride for all of 2019. That song? Do we have to hit Dan up again? No, that's our song. That's it. People, people act like it's not. That people at first acted like it was, you know, not as good as it is, and then people nonstop tell me they get it stuck in their heads. It's, it's a good get stuck in your head. Song. Take me out to the ball game. Oh my god! Take me out to the ball oh, game. Talking Yanks. We're with gonna Ultra. get infringement stuff, dude. Ooh. Then we're gonna need a new song. Okay, I'm sitting here with Tyler Wade. And we are talking spring training. We're coming to you. We're still in Tampa. We've been running around like crazy, kind of. Today, we didn't go to the game. Today, as in Sunday, when they played Tampa in Port Charlotte. It's confusing. Yeah, that got weird. Yeah, we're, we're still down here. We're, we're doing stuff. We've got the first two home games of Yankee spring training coming up. Monday and Tuesday, we'll be there. Probably doing some Funky stuff in the parking lot, around the park, men's bathroom, wherever you are, I'll be there. Didn't we say we were going to do bathroom reviews? Watching. Not I. I think we so, said at one point that you were going to do bathroom reviews. We were going to do bathroom reviews, you, the woman's, me, the men's. I might have missed that episode. That, you might have had someone sub in for me that episode. Mm, I think that's... You're going to have to give them the women's bathroom reviews. Okay. Okay. They're nice. Done. Now you guys got what you asked for. All right, we got two games. We got things heating up. It's fun. We went to... Should we just tell them a little bit about uh, Red Sox string training? I mean, in theory, we got to talk about the last few days. Since Thursday. Since Thursday. We've been doing the PPP, so you've been hearing our voices. But yeah, the update. So we, we we kept going to the workouts. Those are fun. Good listens on the PPPs. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Glad you like them. I don't think we did much. The workouts were fun. We saw them take batting practice on the smaller field. You know what? The workouts were really fun, and you and I said this, but we were at the end of them. Like, I don't think I could have gone to another workout. It was time to watch baseball games. Yeah, it's, it was the same thing, and it was very, I don't want to say basic, but they definitely have a spring training approach that is one day at a time, and it's just going to be a build-up until, like, the week before the season. Like, the we saw the outfielders day one, and they had three stations. It was field the single in right field. Then you'd, you'd do that five times. You go to center field, you'd catch a fly ball. You go to left field, you catch a line drive. And it was just, okay, that was day one. Day two, the single to center, or the single to right field, you had to make the throw to second base. And the catch in center field was by the wall. So it was some wall work. So they were just adding baby steps. And it was, 
I wasn't the most enthralling workout until they got to BP. And when you saw the right guys at BP, it was pretty insane. We, um, as you guys know, we were on the hunt to get some players, some some player haters. Um, so we we went old school. We'll just be honest with you guys. We uh we dug into my uncle Pete's bag of tricks, got some Dunkin' Donuts munchkins and some coffee, and said we're gonna get to the stadium, crack of dawn, set up any nice car we see, start throwing munchkins and coffee at them. Got to get someone that way, right? Long story short, we get to the stadium at 7.30. All the players are pretty much there. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a little later than we expected. They get there fucking early. They got there early. We think they get a workout in, and then they do baseball stuff. Um, but, as you'll hear later this episode, we did corner an impressive MLB name, Tim Quirkigen. Yep. Um, a sex symbol in the game. Uh, it was. I'll, we'll tell you guys this. So we... So we know the players looks like a bus. We saw Luke Voigt pull in, and then we hung out for another 10 minutes, and nobody else rolled up. So we're like, all right, let's go to the parking lot, and at least we'll corner, like, you know, Brian Hoke or some of the beat reporters, maybe Susan Waldman. We saw her briefly, but she was, she was running in. Also, you have, by doing something like that, you have to mix yourself in with the professional adult autograph getters that just hang around the parking lot like leeches, and that's the last crowd right. I ever want to be mixed in with. Like, I don't want judge rolling up and it's he has to deal with those weirdos and then we're standing right behind them and now we're uh, just as weird so i was like let's just ditch this so so roll up kirkjan's in the parking lot kirkjan kirkjan and we're like okay we gotta go talk to him so i go up give him the firm handshake mr (laughs) kirkjan hates me already because i can't say his name i do that with ben and tandy he knows that too so it's, it's almost a compliment um and I said, like, big fan. He gives a nice handshake, says hi, offer him some munchkins and coffee. He's like, no, can't do that. He's never had coffee. He's never had coffee. He had one cup of coffee. I'm Mike and Mike. Um, so then we go back to the car, and we're, like, yelling at ourselves, like, oh, we're soft. We got to be more aggressive than that. We got to come up with mics. We got to be, you know, ah, throw ourselves in there. We waited out. We're mad at ourselves. Tim Kirkjian, walk- Kirkjian walks over five minutes later. And he goes, so what are you guys doing here? And we're like, oh, well, we have a podcast. We're going to corner some of the players, some of the beat writers, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? My, my publicist was telling me to get on social media yesterday. Tim Kirkjian turned into Jerry Seinfeld at mm-hmm, some point there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you guys. So we, we got to talk to him for a little bit. And then we got Lindsay Adler. She'll be at the end of this episode, too, um, or in the middle. Depends on John Boy edit, edits it. They're going to be at the end, but at the very beginning of this episode, we have to let you know who it's sponsored by. Yeah. (laughs) This is important stuff. This episode of Talking Yanks is is brought to you by Thomas Nickes. Thomas Nicks. Nikes. Nicks. Nikos. I think I copied. I think I wrote it down wrong. I think it was easier than that. I apologize, Thomas. Joshua Resnick, Mm. which made me think of Joshua Reddick or Resnick. Kuznick. It was. It made Josh me think Kuznick's of something. Josh the agent. We I think I to. know a Resnick somewhere. And I think that's the last name of like. What's the Goo Goo Dolls lead singer? Johnny Resnick, something like that. Thanks, Josh. Stockton Knots. Is that Whoa. is that a knot company or is that a guy's name? That's a real name. Stockton Knots. Stockton Knots. Stockton. We appreciate you. We need a picture of you and your birth certificate and whatever credit card has the highest limit on it. 
Stockton Knots. That's a badass name. Makes me think of steel. Like solid material. Brian Burton. Yep. Bing. Michael Erickson. Viking. And Bases Loaded. Must if my last name was Loaded, I'd name my son Bases as well. Or Fully. Fully Loaded. You That's his brother's that. name. You want to do that? That's his brother's name. Bases Loaded and Fully Loaded. Two that. brothers. I think you just lied to the people. Those are this week's newest Patreon members, Jim. Sure are. That's a line you normally say, but I took it. Took it. Patreons Patreon. are getting hooked up this week. I I just about to post. They already have the Kirkjian interview and the Adler interview a little earlier than this. They are going to get some uh, past moment videos. Jake and I sat down and we watched some old moments from 2018 that you get to watch now without all the emotion involved. And that's going to be patron only stuff along with some other biography stuff. So they're getting hooked up. Thank you, because we appreciate their support. It's $2 a month. You get uh, a chance to win two affordable jerseys a month. The winner of the opening lineup for spring training was Dell. Congrats, Dell. I still need to get you the code to get your affordable jersey from affordablejerseys.com. Let's move on to some talk, Jake. Let's just dive We got right one in. more thing, Jim. Tell the people why the Red Sox are kicking our ass in 2019 up until this point. They have a better spring training atmosphere? Yeah. Their, their spring training facility atmosphere is a lot better. A lot more spring training vibe. I have to say, my my the one way that I would put it that I think would make sense to you guys is Yankees spring training is awesome, relaxed, but it feels the same as going to a minor league baseball game. Yeah. Red Sox spring training felt like going to a festival, like a very, this is an exciting thing. There was tents and uh, food trucks and like carnival food and fair food. And and maybe the Yankees will have this tomorrow, but I doubt it. They didn't have it last year. But yeah, yeah, the Red Sox was definitely, it was better outside the stadium vibes for sure. It was an event. They had like a beer tent. They had a live band playing music. I think they did a fake Yawkey way. So this, I, it was nice. They had a live band. Go check out a Yankees game at JetBlue Park. Um, so they can have that, and then we'll just take them the rest of the year. All right, let's get in some voicemails and some storylines from spring. Mm. Hi, guys. This is Jenny calling from Indiana University. And after seeing these first two spring training games, it seems like both Boy and Bird are coming out hot and hungry, looking for that first base position. So Boone has said that Voight has the leg up, but Bird has the edge defensively. Do you guys think that there are any offensive stats that are going to hold more weight? For example, we both know that they're known for their power potential, but if Voight has more home runs, but Bird has a higher average, do you think they go with? Or do you think it's going to come down to just something like on-base plus slugging? Love to hear what you guys think. Love the pod. Thank you, Jenny, for... Introing the main conversation of the of the of the spring so far. It's Voight and Bird. It's gonna be a lightning rod. It's gonna be polarizing all spring. We can answer Jenny's question of what we think they're looking for and looking at and what could potentially be a difference maker. If you didn't watch any of the spring games, Bird opened up the first game with a double off the green monster, and then he ripped a single down the right field line. Voight opened up with a single up dead center and then ripped a three-run home run, a fucking bomb of a shot. So, so far, 
our first baseman, I think are four for four. The competition has started like boom, like that. Now we have a lot to discuss, Jake. Is it a real competition? Is there a way Bird can do this? We've talked about this a little bit. All I want to say before we get into anything is I am so excited about that. If they push each other and they're just both raking, you can't be upset about that. You have to enjoy that as a fan because that's awesome. Yeah. We like a good competition. Um, it gets really tricky. We're, we're in the time period when everyone wants to have the hottest take and be first. This is kind of a walk all over yourself session. Um, Bird has been built up with the team for a while. Um, he's been around the organization for coming up on eight years now, something like that. Uh, he had some good memories. He's had some weird injuries, and he didn't do much. Um, and it was kind of freaky. And then we trade for this Luke Voigt cat who looks like the strongest man in the world and just mashes baseball. I. It was... After not seeing his swing for a long time, seeing the home run ball he hit today, it's so compact and basic and powerful. It's just really impressive. Um, they dropped the Greg Bird's better at defense thing. Boone said which, that. Which you wonder, is that themselves giving themselves an out if the competition's kind of close? But Luke Voigt played like an MVP last year, so I don't know. And then it, it goes back to this basic idea that Spring training games are meant to get healthy and get right for the season. And a lot of these pitchers might just be throwing fastballs to get over. It's their first appearance. You know, just get your fastball 95% of what you throw and try to hit some spots and go from there. So it, it's hard to, how do, you, how do you actually measure these numbers? Where is the competition actually won and lost? I mean, is it, is it something coming in that the front office went... When they saw Greg Bird this first week, and he looked, you know, he actually looked really good in the batter's box, and he looks stronger and healthy, and he's crushing the ball. You know, does the Yankees organization say, wow, this is a coin flip right now? I mean, how much can you ignore the fact that Luke Voigt played like an MVP for a month and a half, and Greg Bird had, you know, he's had a couple tough seasons now. So it is the storyline, and I think... The bigger thing that I'd send at people, which I know this isn't great podcasting, nobody knows. The safe answer is Voight, because how could you not give that guy run after last year? But they like Birdie a lot. I I think it's Voight's to lose. I think they've admitted that. They said Voight has the leg up. They Boone also said that he sees DJ LeMayu as the backup first baseman. Right. And he doesn't see Voight and Bird both making the roster. Right. So they're fighting for a spot. One of them is going to be in AAA. I got to think Voight gets first crack out of it. Unless, I said to you, unless they're they're saying, we're going to ride the high hand all season. They're both going to be up and down. And Bird, for the last two weeks of spring, is just batting like 400, just crushing the ball. And Voight is batting 100. And they're like, you know what, Voight? You're definitely going to be back up. But right now we're going to ride Birdie's hot hand for a couple weeks. That may may happen. Who knows? I, I wouldn't think that's crazy to say. Yeah, I mean, we we forget when Luke Voight first came over. You know, he had a couple tough games and he went down. Um, I don't know, man. I know I know that's not what people want to hear. You you Here's what I'll say. You have to assume 
Luke Voigt has the leg up, especially if he just has a solid spring from what he did last year. There's a chance for a wild card. If they're really feeling Greg Bird, maybe that first week of the season with the off days, they keep an extra arm out of the bullpen, and and maybe they have them both up there. I don't know, but you're you're absolutely right. Right now, it's pretty awesome. It's <laughs> like so watching Birdie do. We saw Birdie do that live at JetBlue, and we we're like, it's what he was doing in batting practice. He went opposite field and drove one off the monster. He what Greg Bird during batting practice was not trying to pull the ball and hit home runs at all. Um, he just barreled up a couple balls. And then we see Luke Voigt today just come and hit one a, a country mile, if you will. And uh, right now, it's extremely fun. Hopefully, it stays that fun. And the other thing we're kind of ignoring is, you know, injuries and stuff could happen. So maybe, maybe there is a world where both these guys end up on the opening day roster or otherwise. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's, all, I, all I say right now is it's a lot of fun. It's not fun how... Uh, polarizing it is on Twitter because that's kind of annoying. Like I even said, it's going to be polarizing. And then all the responses were both sides of the divide. And I was like, oh shit, I, I invited this to my timeline. This sucks. But anyway, next question. Hey, this is Connor from Jersey. Just uh, giving a quick hypothetical, wondering what you guys think would happen. So let's say throughout spring training, all three of Clint Frazier, Luke Voigt, and Greg Bird are just going on a tear, all looking solid. That happens. Who do we think is going to drop back down to AAA or get cut from the team? Let us know. I'm uh, really curious what would happen. It's it's not very likely. Hopefully it would be, but, uh, yeah, uh, what's your thoughts? All right, so everyone has a great spring. We already said the Voight and Bird. I think that's an individual competition. I think the way Boone has hinted is that one of them is going to make the team. It could change, and that's allowed. Boone's allowed to change his mind. But as of right now, if we have Voight and Bird as one competition, one of them is making it, one of them is starting to play. The other situation that we've been talking about for the last couple of days, because kind of, it kind of shockingly hap- came in my brain, is that Wade has a chance to make the opening day lineup. I don't know if he's got a chance to be on the team for the long haul. I don't think so. I, I don't know how that would work. But if you think about it like this, so Voight and Bird are going to be the – one of them is going to be the first baseman. Then Tulo's going to be the shortstop. That's what they keep saying. Or even Tulo's going to be the bench. DJ is going to be the util. So then you got DJ on the bench and Romine on the bench. Those have to be. Now there's going to be one more bench player, and it might be different right away maybe they have four bench players to start the, the season because they have less games and they don't have cc suspended well they still have 24 men so i think it's wade or clint and here's the thing even if clint's playing amazing they could say well we don't want clint just to be a bench player here or even a platoon player here we want him to get at bats every single day so until guardy starts faltering or until he forces our hand in triple a you're going to have to go down triple A and get some bats. If they want Clint to go get every day at bats, then Wade's on the team as the as the bench player who they don't care if he kind of rots on the bench at this point. Yeah, we we've talked about this and we we kind of end up going around in circles cuz here's here's my big thing and I think I did this same thing with Tyler Austin last year. I'm I'm blanking. Maybe one of the the Talking Yanks faithful will remind me. But Here's the deal. So you're right. I mean, Clint Frazier still a decent prospect, and 
if the Yankees want to get him full time at bats right now every day, that that'd be Triple A easy. Clint killed at Triple A this year. Clint raked when he was there. Um, I think Clint is going to be able to get enough at bats against left handed pitching and some games against right handed pitching, keeping Guardy rested, that you can they'll get him enough at bats. He's that talented. My problem with Tyler Wade. Um, besides everyone, everyone's coming up to me in Tampa and they're like, Tyler, Tyler. I'm like, no guys, it's Jake talking Jake. Um, Tyler Wade, he's got speed, he's got defense. And if he could hit, that'd be really cool. We haven't seen it at the major league level yet. My thing is when do you start Tyler Wade? Never. I don't think he'd be up there to start a game. You're not starting him over Guardy. You're not starting him over any of the infield guys, so you're essentially using him as a pinch runner, maybe some late-game defense. It's like what Toe did when he was around. Where with Clint, I think you could do the same thing almost. Not the defense, but Clint can run, and you could start him against lefties and sometimes play him against righties. I just think keeping Tyler Wade just on the bench as a runner, essentially, I think they can do that with Clint while also having the power in his bat as a, as a place to go. Yeah, but he wouldn't be getting every day at bats. I think he could be getting every other day at bats. Yeah, which is what the, the reason they would send him down is because they want him to get every day, not every other day. Every other day on the big squad might be worthwhile. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I think there were two games in, Wade's, what, got five hits? <laughs> and Clint's got... Zero one. Uh, he's got a hit. Clint's First got a three zero fastball. Yeah. If that continues, I think that could play a hand. I think if Clint has a has a poor poor swing spring, and Wade has a great great spring, I think those are two guys that spring matters for. There's a chance, and that ends us in the Bird Voigt conversation. What does spring matter? I'll say this: if you believe in this kind of stuff, which you do, Jimmy, the Yankees Instagram account has had like two or three Clint Frazier posts. I don't in the past believe 10. in that. You believe in that. Oh, okay. I thought I don't. Well, the organization liking a guy. Yeah, but the, the Instagram isn't that. We know the girls who run the Yankees Instagram. They aren't told by Cashman who to post and who not to post. I think there's a tie-in. I think there's a conversation. You're the one that believes that because when they had chance on the scoreboard and stuff like that, like I never thought that was. Yeah, you believe when the organization supports someone like Greg Burton. Yeah, yeah. It's slightly different. It's slightly. Yeah, different. I don't. Yeah, the social media team is just a a firm that they hire that run the social media. Um. I think those are the four players spring matters for. And maybe the sixth bullpen, the last bullpen guy. That might even come up, Jim. Yeah, maybe. Uh, all right, let's go to another voicemail. Uh, what's this one? What's up, Talking Yanks? This is Vince M. from Southern California. Big fan of the show. It's been a long offseason, but thanks for keeping everybody entertained all offseason. And just seeing the guys back on the field and playing games, already made me super pumped for the season. Just want to say good job, guys. Let's go, Yanks. Flush podcast. Mm. Flush. Next. Hey, this is Hey Talking Yanks. This is Andrew from uh, Charleston, Indiana. Um, I was just calling. Uh, if you think about it, Chance Adams should probably be in the sixth spot in the rotation and like in the long in the bull, uh, long arm in the bullpen. Because Luis Sessa is up, and Chance Adams is, you know, failing as a prospect, so why not have him in that sixth spot in the rotation, and sixth spot in the rotation slash spot starter slash 
long arm, and if he can't hack it, then let him go and find somebody else because he's done as a, a prospect in my eyes. That's all. All right, so is Chance so has Chance lost so much value value that you sh- we should just stash him in the back end of the bullpen? I don't think it's a possibility because I think Sessa is going to be there because he doesn't have any options. I think it's Sessa and Canely at the back end there. So I don't see Chance doing that. Also, I know Chance got injured or there's an injury after 2017 and he was just starting to find himself like post-injury in the middle of 2018. So maybe he's going to go to AAA and try to find that again. I don't see Chance being on the bullpen. Do you have... What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, we we haven't seen too much. We saw Johnny Lasagna on the hill today. Some people are team Johnny. It seems seems smart to keep him stretched and give him a good, he good should, time at AAA. Johnny should start the season at AAA and be the first guy that we call up. Maybe. There, there's a chance. Um, it, we haven't seen any Domingo Herman yet. Uh, chance Adams. We have we have a few guys. Sessa. Sessa's out of options, though. We have a few guys in that boat that are... All right, who's still got a chance to hack it as a starting pitcher? Who's still got a chance to hack it as a reliever? And then the options come into play. So I, I think you and I first kind of chuckled. We heard this voicemail and we're like, wait, so <laughs> because because Chance Adams didn't cut it as a prospect, we should throw him on the team as one last hope? And like, we kind of get the thought process there. Um, I, I don't know. We, it's going to be, it's, you mentioned, we mentioned all the player battles. It's a very interesting spring. I don't know if it's technically battles, but it's really interesting for Herman, Luizaga, Chance Adams, Canely. Yeah, if I was to be the person doing it, right, I would have Sessa on there to start the season as just bullpen only because why lose a piece for nothing? He, if, he, if he's not on the 25-man roster, then you have to trade him or release him. I don't think he's worth much. So I, I would run him out there for a couple times in like a slop two-inning roll okay. and just see how he does two innings at a time. I would never use Sessa as a spot starter this season. I would uh, That is done and gone. If okay. he's bullpen only Sessa, two innings, maybe three in slop time, see where he get us. Andrew Mendez brings up your boy Tarpley too. He's, he's yeah. on the list. Yeah. Canely would be my other guy in the bullpen, but – Spring matters for Canely. We need to see his mile per hour, miles per hour. So I think Canely spring matters for Domingo Herman, Chance Adams, and Lasagna. Me personally, I'm having them in AAA, and I'm having Lasagna and Herman the one two to come up for a spot start. Lasagna has it in my brain because I have too many. I have much more bad memories with Herman. But if Herman's throwing the pill beautifully in yeah. a row, then I'm not then fine with it. That's how I would do it for me. Tarpley. He's still young. Heller. We'll see how Heller looks, too. Right. Those guys would be minor leagues. This, this And we'll see how it goes. And then once Sessa fails. Right. Because that will happen. Right. But just you got to give it a chance before you lose a guy for nothing. Then you bring up Tarpley or Heller. That's how I would do it in my... If, if I was... That's how I would be doing it. Yeah. And you, you mentioned Chance went through some weird stuff last year. I, I think they still keep Chance, Domingo, and Luizaga fully stretched... Um, in case Chance has figured something out. I know, doesn't CC talk really highly about Chance? Hasn't, hasn't he said that on a couple R2C2s? 
He talks really highly of Loisaga. Right. He said some nice things about he he talked about Chance's injury a couple of times and how right. he was battling back and refining it and stuff like that. And that's some of the stuff you get you get lost in in a season. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot of storylines there, and you do the spring training. What matters? What doesn't? We don't really know. If Tom if Tommy Canley's hitting 98 on the gun the week before then he's <laughs> the in. season starts, then he's that matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's getting people out. If he's hitting 98 on the gun, he's on the team. Yeah, you're not looking at Canley's results. You're looking at his miles per hour and break and stuff like that, movement and, and all that good stuff. All right, next. Hey, guys. This is Matt calling in the Talking Yanks. Uh, first thing I want to say is I've been enjoying the uh, PVP mini um, episodes a lot. And that kind of made me think some of the things you guys mentioned was, one, today's is Greg Bird. I feel like I, um, for some reason, I don't know why, I would not be surprised if, given the muscle he's putting on and how hard he's worked over the offseason, if he somehow broke out of it this year. And especially considering, I feel like I'd rather see him perform and be the first baseman than Voight, given that he's a lefty and is better defensively. And my second name is Troy Tulowitzki. Look, um, great story with him coming back after two years of injuries. But honestly, I don't think the Yankees found him to be an everyday player. Maybe for a month or two he could be really good. But I have a feeling at his age, those injuries aren't going to just stop recurring. They got LeMayhew for a reason. He's a gold glove defender, contact hitter, which is what they need. And I just would expect more to see LeMayhew in the lineup every day. Too low given those factors. Thanks, guys. All right. I think what we're seeing here is the bird train is coming. Like you've been saying it, we've been talking about it. People love the lefty bat, so they're finding ways for bird to fit their narrative perfectly. I'm fine with it. I'm I because the lefty bat would be nice if bird's hitting really well. It would be nice, but Voight could also be hitting very well. It's so interesting to me. And it, it's so funny how the storyline can change with with Greg Bird's comeback story, the whole thing about him being on the boat for a couple of weeks in Key West, the great Lindsay Adler article, and then how, you know, people, you you kind of be on the fence and then you turn into the underdog. And I, I we went from the majority of Twitter being fully against Greg Bird to he hits a couple, he, he has a couple base hits, and then I saw people talking about him split and judge and stand. <laughs> so let's let's take one step at a time, see where we land with this. And I as we said, have fun with it for now. Right now it's, oh, it's really cool. It's a blast. We also well what we're talking about Tulo here. If Tulo gets hurt, which is likely, then Wade and Clint are probably both on the team. Yeah, Wade's look good. We we saw him taking extra reps at shortstop and in left field where we saw him get the start. Um yeah, that's actually a really good point. Wade is full on Clint or not Clint insurance, too low insurance. Um, I will say one thing that we we talked upon and danced around a little bit, and it's fully confirmed. Everyone likes and believes in Tulo's talent still. The Yankees, the players, the hitting coaches, the guys covering the beat that are reporting it. I mean, Tulo put on a show in batting practice, and if he's He's healthy, and where, where's he from in Cali? Fremont. Fremont. He's got that Fremont tough side. He wants to make a comeback. So as long as he's healthy, he's going to get some run. Um, and if he's healthy and good, that would still be amazing. But I can't buy in yet. Can't buy in yet. But, yeah, I mean, if Tulo, if Tulo doesn't work out, it's not that the depth is great, but it's an easy 
Easy fix. DJ, second, Glaber, short, Wade, utility. Yeah. Clint, back up outfield, Romine, bench. It's kind of a young, that's kind of a fun bench. Clint, Clint, Wade, Romine. It's kind, yeah. That's kind of I, a fun bench, huh? And I, I don't know. We we recorded the Romine PPP today. That was kind of fun. I think um, we might be able to make this an episode. I know we've got one or two days we're missing, but just a full-on opening day roster comparison last year to this year because i i really do think this year's opening day roster is a lot more talented than last year's probably, probably. We, we could check that out yeah we'll have to... would you guys like that tweet at us Blah. talking yanks this is uh hunter from san diego love the show love what you guys are posting uh from down there in tampa uh, I got a couple quick questions regarding home runs. Um, if Judge and Stanton are both healthy this season, who hits more? And then the other question is about the home run derby. Uh, Judge won it in 2017. Last year, the home run derby was pretty boring. Um, I don't really like it when our Yanks hitting it just because there's a chance that they might get injured or whatever. But do you guys think they should? Um yeah, would love to know what you guys think. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. No, don't put any of them in the home run derby. Injuries are the biggest adversary of this team winning 100 games and going deep on a deep run. Don't do any extra baseball. Just don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Injuries are our biggest foe, so don't give them any opportunity to present themselves. Will Voight home run derby if he gets hot? No way. Ah, but that would be. <laughs> gotcha. I, I'm talking from his mindset. Right. I wouldn't want to not like Gary's already done it. Stan's already done it. Judge's already done it. You get you get one time in the home run derby. That's yeah, fair. I wouldn't. That's I, fair. I wouldn't tell Voight not to do it because that's you know dreams would be really little cool. kid dream. Yeah, especially for. Especially for not being in the major till you're 26. Okay, Voight's allowed to do the home run derby. Phil Nevin get, has to throw in BP, and they shotgun beers and just eat raw steaks on the field after. I like everything you said so much. Yeah. I feel bad responding with words because it will make it lesser. Phil Nevin throwing BP. To Luke Voight. Every time he hits a home, home run, run a button gets undone. <laughs> It's just like major league style. <laughs> you just start stripping. By the end, they're both shirtless. Okay, whoa, <laughs> shirtless home run derby. MLB marketing. We're right here. We're right here. Oh, uh, that would be good. That would be real good. All right, let's go to Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. We got a couple more. No, your guys's uh, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. My biggest disappointment is going to be Andujar. We've talked about it previously and stuff. Uh, my biggest surprise is going to be DJ LeMayhew. Um, I looked at a lot of his underlying stats. Other than last year, he actually takes more walks than people realize, so that could help him get some at-bats in, if not lead-off occasionally, then maybe in the number three spot, which, believe it or not, actually there's data saying that uh, the number three spot comes up with uh, less runners on base than, any, than pretty much any other spot, which makes sense from the standpoint of the uh, bottom of the lineup uh, not hitting many extra base hits. So uh, there's more traffic on, on on the basis for the top of the order, which allows uh, the number three spot to come up with, uh, or which allows the top of the order to come up with uh, more runners on base than the number three spot. 
Uh, and yeah, there's less OBP at the bottom of the lineup, but the lack of power usually makes up for that. Uh, so that was, that's probably also kind of the logic for them batting Hicks third last year, even before Kutch got here. So, uh, yeah, I think DJ's gonna be a lot better than people realize. He just needs to hit less ground balls. He hits the ball hard. He walks decently. He doesn't strike out. Just, uh, hit the ball in the air a little more. And, uh, get your opposite, and get your opposite field Yankee Stadium home runs. Alright, later. Andrew, short and sweet as always. Um, some behind the scenes, the Patreons just watch. Jimmy just grabbed an eight ounce beer from the fridge made the loudest noise a can can possibly make, and then he spilled it almost on all our recording equipment, his phone and laptop. Um, LeMayhew's really interesting. Um, we did his PPP today. We all, we recorded that today, excuse me. I, there's a couple ways it could go. LeMayhew could turn into a fan favorite, or the fans can turn on him pretty quickly, depending on how a couple things go. Um, surprise... I don't know. It's a lot of the names we're going through, right? It's it's Clint. It's Birdie. Paxton. It's Voight. Paxton. Paxton. Yeah, a lot of guys don't fully understand. Canely. A lot of people. Yeah, Canely could come out of the woodwork. How about Loizica? You want to see? You want a little tricky one, Jimbo? Yeah, throw me a trick. How about Brett Gardner? What if Brett Gardner just was back? What if? Two, Repeats 2017. What if 280, 20 home run, 350 OBP was Brett Gardner? Did our Brett Gardner PVP already get dropped? Um, no. I don't think so. No. no. So I can't say what I'm about to say. I can't say what you're about to say. Next. Teaser. Spoiler. Um, disappointment. I don't know. How, how can you do I that? I like Melissa in the chat said biggest surprise too low. Biggest disappointment too low. He's yeah. getting one of them. He's getting one of them. What if Jacoby Ellsbury gets healthy and comes back? That's biggest disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that's up there. Someone asked us about any of the young guys having a sophomore slump. You can't predict something like that because why would you? But we couldn't predict the year Gary had last year, so I'm I'm not gonna guess biggest disappointment. Next, Yankees. Hey guys, podcast. this is Jenny from Virginia calling for Talking Yanks. I just wanted to say a few quick words about how glad I am that Manny Machado is not a Yankee. People are so angry that we didn't get him because they think that he would have helped us win more. And I have two thoughts I wanted to share on that. First of all, even with Machado, if the team isn't firing on all cylinders at the same time, like they never were able to last year, they still aren't going to win. So I think, I mean, along with pitching, they needed more time and practice to figure out how to be great all at the same time as a team. Now, if that was my only thought, I would have just been apathetic about whether or not they got Machado. But the reason I'm so glad they didn't get him is more of a philosophical concept. So bear with me for a second. The thing that makes baseball so great is that it's the same thing about that makes movies and books great. It's, it's about characters and stories. And the characters are just regular people that have these amazing talents and live their lives in the public eye. So winning and losing is just what happens to the characters that we love. It's not what makes us love the game. And the thing that makes the Yankees so mesmerizing and so great to watch is not that they win a lot. It's that they very selectively leave a story that inspires fans of all ages. Manny Machado does not fit into the character of the Yankees. And it's not about being straight-laced and boring. I mean, Stanton has his gold cleats and CeCe has his dream of cussing and Gardy has his moments of pure rage. 
but they all play the game in a way that's worthy of respect. And I'm not trying to say anything about Machado as a human being, but the way he portrays himself as a ball player is not one that's worthy of respect. And maybe I'm getting a little too philosophical here, but I don't want my kids to have Manny Machado as their hero. So maybe it's just me, but I couldn't be more excited about the 2019 team just as it is right now. Thanks for the great content, guys. Okay. Did you... So that that was. Did you get lost? Oh yeah, I... <laughs> when I heard that voice from the car, I loved it, Jenny. I loved it. I love the philosophical shit. But I was listening to this like, there's no way Jake follows. It lost. was pretty eloquent. It was beautiful. My natural instinct was to boo, which would have been really mean. So instead, I went reverse and clapped. If she was, because it was delightful. If, if Jenny was a man, you would have booed. I don't. Yeah, nah, maybe. I don't know. I'll say this. No, because that was that was really you, well written. You, too well written for my brain. You would have you would have booed not in like a boo way, like a oh my god, like wounded. I would have said something like Andrew Andrew Owens voicemail. I just said thanks for keeping it tight because he leaves us five minute voicemail. I'll this is a a little teaser, a little spoiler. Just just picture the different vibes. The San Diego Padres are ten games under five hundred. Machado's hitting two fifty. And he spikes another player this year while DJ LeMayhew's hitting 315 and playing good ball. Let me paint you another picture. DJ LeMayhew's playing, hitting 250, and he can't play third base that well. And Manny Machado is having an MVP type season in the NL. So that just, just picture like both of those are very real scenarios that could play out in the first two months of the season. And it just changes the way you look at everything. That was a pretty. Heavy answer back at her. Boo. Oh, damn it. No, I think uh, what, it, what was in summation, she said, I just don't want my, I don't want Manny Machado to be my kids' heroes. Yeah. Yeah. She probably says the same thing about you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you should be no role model. You just died in the shower earlier. Uh, rumors. Sources say. Sources say. Anyway, I, I get what she's saying. Uh, I love the confident in your face Yankees. I don't like the like punk bitch Yankees, but whatever. We're done with I I we are done with Machado voicemails. I I didn't I didn't take any more, but Jenny put a lot of work into that. Right. And it was it was it was eloquent, so I said let's do this one. It's fun. Playing good baseball makes everything go away. We wouldn't clear, care about Clint's quirks. We wouldn't care if 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 Machado's doing whatever, if DJ LeMahieu's playing well, if Greg Bird plays well, we don't care that he's lackadaisical. Like it's <laughs> at end of the day, we kind of care if these guys play well and they don't do anything really bad. Tell them about the home run I hit with that fungo bat at the little league field today. Jimmy hit a home run with the fungo bat at the little league field today. Damn right. I had a beat on it. Yeah. Fence got me. You said if you were judge, you might have robbed it. I don't think so, but then I thought about what Aaron judges, and I was like, there's got to be a chance. He's so much better than me. <laughs> At what? Everything. Not No, not being comfortable on airplanes, which we'll get into when we uh, have our interview we'll get, with we'll Kirk. Oh, we have one more voicemail that's a little weird, uh-huh. and then we're going to go into Hey, John Blaine and Jake, this is Peter Polio calling from <clears throat> North New Jersey. I uh, DM'd you, John Boy, about a... Econ class that I'm taking right now, and 
one of the questions for an upcoming paper is, should professional baseball leagues in North America implement a promotion and relegation system? Uh, I just wanted your take on that, um, how that would affect Mark Vang and teams tanking, stuff like that. Oh, and uh, Jake sucks. Ooh. See you guys. <laughs> Should base well if baseball had a promotion and say the other word I can't relegation say, relegation I can never relegation. say it system what would it look like for anyone that doesn't know across the pond in Britain they have the top soccer league like the professional league is the Premier League and then their minor league is the Championships League yep. the top the bottom three teams of the, the Premier League. league get dropped down to the minor the league below it the top three get promoted up and it's constantly ebbing and flowing. Yeah. Go baggies. They're going to make their way out of the championships league this year in the tournament. I got faith. Boing, boing motherfuckers. Jake, what would this look like? You know what? I just wanted to present this to our listeners that love thinking about these scenarios. Yeah. And think it through at work while you're bored and let us know what would it look like? We, we had a, we had a funny moment back to you. Um, you said this to me, and I was like, ah, it'd never work. Baseball would ignore it. And you you just threw out a casual, like, how would it work? And I was like, I don't know. And then I kind of, I don't know if I said I had a Rain Man moment, but I was like, yeah, I mean, you'd have all these prospects from different teams, and, you know, you'd have the outfield could be a Yankees right fielder, an A center fielder, and a Blue Jays left fielder, and the teams would compete, and if they do really well, they get called up, and you'd have more competitive leagues. And Jimmy was like, yeah, it sounds pretty cool, huh? And I was like... Yeah, kind of does, but it would take so much. Then you're taking guys out of organizations and you're putting them with different coaches. It would never work. It's a cool concept. And yeah, if you guys have any cool ideas that really get us drooling, tell us. We'll talk about it. It worked in Britain because from the beginning, like every town had a team. Right. So it was easy. All right, we're going to throw it to our conversations, quick and short conversations with Tim Kirkchen and Lindsay Adler of The Athletic, who just wrote a nice article on Greg Bird. Speaking of you being Rain Man, after we had our nice little chat with Lindsay Adler, she DM'd me and she said, wow, Jake's kind of like Rain Man without the math skills. She said that. She, she DM'd me that right That away. giggle <laughs> seems like you're lying. She was like... I was like, what do you mean? She's like, he's kind of dumb, huh? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's it. And this is Lindsay Adler with The Athletic and Tim Kirkchen from ESPN. ESPN. I'm Rachel Nichols. This is ESPN. I love Rachel Nichols now. How are we doing? All right. We're here with Tim Kirkchen. We had actually a big debate on the proper pronunciation of your name, and we heard it a bunch of times. Kirkjian, is that correct, or Kirkjian? It's Kirkjian. Um, there's no I in between, but I claim my name has been butchered worse than anybody's name in the media. John Shambi and I have a competition on how many times our names get misspelled. He <laughs> thinks his is harder to spell than mine. I told him once that someone choked to death trying to pronounce my name <laughs> once, and he agreed that that's possible. A lot of hard sounds in there. I, it's fun, though. Yes, I like it. well, it's our Armenian and we all look the same. We all sound the same. And if it ends I N, that's yeah. that's an Armenian name. That's who I am. Too. We we looked it up a while ago, like years ago, and then we found people saying it both which ways, and we couldn't find a definitive answer. Right. So now well, we know. I'm Kirchin. the definitive answer. That's it. Let's, uh, let's, look, on it. let's talk some Yanks. What uh, what are there's a few storylines. I mean, first bit it's the Yankees, but what 
What are you int- What's the media interested? And then I guess inside of baseball a little more. What are you, What are you looking into? What do you think's the story? Well, today I'm going to be watching Tro- Troy Tulowitzki today to see mm. how he is moving. Because let's say he's good again, which <laughs> is right? a reach at this point. But let's say he's good again. What does that mean? And what happens then? And we know when Didi Gregorius comes back, whether it's June the first or June the fifteenth. He's going to be their shortstop because he is really good, underrated good. But they need a little stopgap, and instead of moving Glaber Torres over or or making DJ LeMahieu your everyday shortstop, you say, well, maybe Troy Tulowitzki can handle this. So this is what spring training is always about for me. Guys making position changes, guys coming back from injuries, a rookie I've never seen before. I'm not interested in, you know, in how far Aaron Judge can hit it. I've already seen that. Uh, it's, I need, it's fun, though. I, it's great fun. I just That's what spring training is for me the news stories and one of them is how is Troy Tulowitzki moving these days do you think it's a little bizarre in this this offseason everyone's getting smaller contracts than you expect them to get even um, well Manny just got his money but DJ LeMayo got 12 million dollars and if the if Tulowitzki is the opening day shortstop then the Yankees signed a guy 12 million a year to be a utility player where it seems all of baseball is doing the opposite and having young guys come up and play that role right but there's also another way to look at it of course is that that utility guy can be an extremely valuable person especially if he can play the infield and the outfield we'll see if LeMahieu can do that but guys make a lot of money these days period but they can make a lot of money playing first base one day shortstop the next third base the next and that's what LeMahieu can do and it's possible he won't even start on opening day and he's making that kind of money. It's possible that one really good hitter in this lineup, like Tulowitzki, will hit ninth, and LeMahieu won't even start. I think that speaks to the how depth, yeah. the depth and the production this lineup can bring. And that's what what's bizarre. I mean, we're pretty deep in Yankees world, and you start you can start going crazy if you if you can stay playing Stanton in left field. Then can you go Andujar DH, LeMahieu at third? Can you go Glaber at short? And it's just it's it's not. We grew up, you know, the 90s Yankees team, and it's O'Neal and Wright, Bernie and center, and you had the lineup, and baseball's just not that way anymore. So Right. Everything has changed, but th- this can't be said enough. The Yankees got 20 or more homers from all <laughs> nine positions in the order last year, yep. and no team in Major League history had ever done that. Maybe that stands to reason when you set the Major League record for homers, it should come from one to nine. But it's just breathtaking to think that the nine spot in the order hit 20 homers for the Yankees last year. And so did every other spot. That was pretty fun. Right. And that's, again, the depth that they have. And as an opposing pitcher, you get through that middle of the order, and now you've got three more. you got Glaber Torres in eighth. Are you kidding me? He hits third for some teams. He hit eighth for this team a couple times last year. DJ DJ was in the middle of the order. Right. Right in Colorado. Spring training. You've been everywhere. You've done everything. We've only been, we've been to Lakeland, and we've been here. How does the Arizona the Cactus League compared to the Grateful League. Is it the same vibe all around, or are there different feels and crowds? And Well, I love Florida, but I love Arizona way more than okay. Florida. <laughs> I have been here for 13 days. I've been in 10 different hotels. When I go to Arizona, <laughs> I go for 13 days, and I stay in one hotel. Really? And the, the, the longest drive, at least for me, in Arizona is 45 minutes. I have made three cross-state trips here, all three hours or more, 
in 13 days. That's just how it works. And we all learn getting around in Florida is tricky. And I fill up my rental car with gas three times <laughs> yep. every spring. Yep. And in Arizona, I fill it up maybe once. All right. So Yankee Stadium's got the, or George Simon has got the best amenities, though. We'll just. Uh, it's pretty darn good, especially the way they corrected it, the way they fixed it up and did the whole building out in right center where you can stand and have a drink and watch a game it's yeah. great but i'm i'm i know that's for the fans i still love <laughs> i still love the old school baseball stadiums and spring training like bradenton and even though they redid that it's a you know it's a dinky little downtown stadium and it is beautiful scottsdale in arizona scottsdale stadium spectacular drop right in the middle of a residential neighborhood that's the kind of stuff i like i've right. i've got a little slightly off baseball and we'll, we'll get you going you got Bigger fish and fry than us, maybe. <laughs> Baseball guys, we're a little shorter. Do you have any advice for us to kind of get into that world? Is it getting in front of people like that, the Scott Van Pelts and those guys? Or what? what's what's a secret that we can use from you that can get us ahead? Well, I'm certainly the expert on this <laughs> because I'm shorter than you guys and I weigh 145 pounds. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the one time that my height and size really works for me okay. is that I, I, I work well in a middle seat on an airplane, which is good because oh, I travel yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. And in those terrible media scrums, which we're all involved in, I can sneak to the front a little bit better. And frankly, it actually works for me sometimes when I can stand next to Jose Altuve and we're eye to eye. <laughs> and, and, I've, and it actually gives me some context. So look how short this guy is, and he's one of the best players. And I interviewed Randy Johnson in the single stupidest interview on television ever. <laughs> he's 6'10", I'm 4'10", and, and what it did was it made him laugh. He wasn't an easy interview, but he was laughing so loud at the thought that I was going to interview him on live TV standing up that it turned out to be great because he was in such a good mood because I'm so short. So, yeah. obviously, you guys know this. You take advantage of what you got. It's all you got, and in my case, being short sometimes can work for you. If we ever get judged, we're thinking one of us got to go on the other's shoulders to interview him. <laughs> I did judge here a couple springs ago and people are still talking about that like <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever it's all good though all right thank you very much for stopping Thanks by and talking so much nice to see you guys good yeah. luck with the podcast appreciate thank it you. thank you okay we are joined with Lindsay adler from the athletic for a couple minutes we have you before judge and stan are gonna gonna injure some drivers on the front they're really gonna hurt someone anyway thank you for sitting and talking with us you're welcome you were first on the beat last year correct yes so you and Coley Har Harvey were newcomers mm -hmm. in the, what is like, there's all these new fans. We're talking to Coley about this. Did you know that you were coming into such a rabid fan base on Twitter and everything? I didn't have, I would not say that my calibration was correct. Okay. <laughs> um, most Yankees fans I had known were a little bit more relaxed because of the culture of winning. And now I see that for most Yankees fans online, the expectation and culture of winning actually makes you guys more nuts. So it was a little bit, um, it was interesting to learn. It was like um, an anthropological study. Yeah. Uh, but now I, think I'm, now I think I'm getting the hang of it. So, yeah. yeah. I like following your Twitter because you bring out the personalities in the players. You <laughs> give us tidbits that... I'm not going to like name names, but the older beat reporters, they didn't ever do that. They stuck to baseball. And like your tweet the other day about Chapman riding around listening to <laughs> reggaeton. But you did that all like all during last season. It was like Aaron Boone gave Andujar a big hug today. And it was like, 
I love that stuff. We like that stuff. We try to build the personality of the player and more of that. Is that by design? Did you come here saying, I'm going to do the, humanize these guys? Or is that just what you gravitate, gravitate towards like naturally? I mean, that's what I find interesting and amusing in reading you know, things from other writers. And that's kind of... For me, it's like when I see these guys day in and day out, the kind of typical you know, baseline things you would know about them, they kind of just fade away. And so I'm, I'm always really like amused when I see something like that. Like yesterday, Aaron Boone saying that after Adam Ottavino struck out Miguel Andujar, Miggy like motioned over to Glaber and was like, let's get out of here, man. Like <laughs> this is a bad scene. And I just thought that was so funny. And Boone did too. And I was like, I mean, that's the stuff that's funny because it's like, come on, you strike out against Adam Ottavino, like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was funny. I like the one update was he struck out Glaber, Andujar, and Wade twice. Yes. It's like, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. When your first year on the beat, is there a specific player or beat reporter that um, just made it, like, so much easier for you? Is there um, an e- easy interview or just friendly? You know, everyone was everyone was really nice and accepting to me and didn't give me shit when I asked a weird question. I would say early in spring last year, you know, Clint Frazier was really welcoming, told me kind of, you know, this guy's into this weird thing and this guy's <laughs> into this weird thing and kind of, you know, basically assured me that it was going to be okay and that I was going to find interesting stories. And so it's... You know, Clint, Clint is just like that. But now I would say this year, um, you know, I, I feel like guys seeing me again have a better sense of like, okay, let me help you f- tell this story and this story and this story. So. What are, like, leading into year two, what are you most kind of excited for? Is there, is it having that comfort level and now you feel like you can explore it more? Or is there, is there something else that year two, now that you've seen kind of everything like what what are you looking forward to going into this season I just think coming in with more experience I will be more equipped to tell the stories that I really want to tell I feel like there were a lot of things that came up last year and because of you know who was in the clubhouse when and just small things like that I didn't always feel like I was able to pull them off and so I'm hoping that I can spend a lot of time you know kind of digging deeper on those like you said like the the personality things things like that so is, that's is there maybe one of those from last year that's jumping out a little bit by chance i know putting you on the spot a little bit there but no i don't think so um i mean there wasn't anything that i really walked away from like you know damn that was a missed opportunity um there were a few things you know that are on my to-do list for now that i kind of generated last year but for the most part I felt like I checked off the big boxes. So For the press conferences, we were at winter meetings for Boone's presser and a couple others, and I, I'm naturally like shy when I'm out of my own. I was like, I don't think I'd ever ask a question. <laughs> did, did it take you a couple times, or were you comfortable right away? Oh, I was not comfortable. Um, I asked some stupid questions in press conferences because the beginning of the season, I didn't want to be the person just leeching off of every, uh, everyone else's yeah. work. And so I tried to be inventive, and uh, results were mixed. <laughs> so, um, you know, but now I understand, like, how people respond to things in that setting a little bit better. And 
uh, I hope my questions are a little bit better this year. Right. But yes, it's it's very much like being on the spot. Yeah. All right, we'll let you go, but I have one more question. Yes. You and I have similar tastes in music, I think. Okay. E emotional, slow, yes. mellow music. Sad what music. Yeah, sad music. What have you been listening to lately? Um, the other day I left the park listening to Elliot Smith. I listened to Elliot Smith last night to fall asleep to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, mostly been listening to. Are you into Boy Genius, their new album this year? Have you heard of them? I have. I like it a little bit. I love the Better Oblivion Community Center album with Connor Oberst, Connor Oberst and Phoebe yeah. Bridgers. I mean, I'm on year. How old am I? I'm on year like sixteen of being a huge Connor, Connor Oberst, Oberst fan. Yeah. So it's like it's like in my DNA. It's like I turn it on and it's like, oh, I know this. Does stuff that mean by you heart. like First Aid Kit too? Because eh, they did they yeah. toured together for a while. Eh. All right. I mean, I kind of. I'm kind of reaching that age where it's like my taste in music isn't really evolving. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like there's your formative years have stuck and that's what you yes, like now. Yes. And it's like, I remember like growing up seeing my parents, like only listening to like a few bands and being like, Ugh, how yeah. can you just listen to the same stuff? <laughs> and now I'm like, Ugh, how can anyone listen to new stuff? Who has the time? Like, I'm just going to listen to the killers first album awesome. over and over. I know. I like this. So I'll play this. <laughs> yes. Who's exactly. got the best music taste on the Yankees? No one's playing sad songs. In your opinion. I mean, primarily we hear from Judge, mm -hmm. but if Judge is not around, Romine's usually playing classic rock. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say I can go along with whatever Judge or CC plays. It's hard not to. I bet there's yeah. some guy. I bet Gardner's in there like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> you know, Gardner just, he goes with the flow. Yeah. All right. Thank you it. very much for talking Thank with you guys. Us. All right, that was Tim and Lindsay. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another PPP, and then a PPP, and then a PPP, and then I think another main episode. Keep sending in the voicemails. Uh, keep hanging out and doing everything that you're doing. Leave a review if you want. That'd be cool. I think we broke 500 reviews, Jake. Ow! <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that Lindsay might have been right about you. Ow. Oh. <laughs> Go Yanks, tell them grandma. Go Yankees.